my website it's hungtgirl.com you can click on the pictures there they're actually free videos I update them every week um, it'll they'll appear differently depending on whether you're on your um, PC or laptop or a mobile device I suggest checking it out on your PC you'll get more videos that way free videos anyway um, but you'll see some either way um, and if you're on a mobile device and you just scroll down and see where it says maybe not even have to scroll down but see where wherever it says those mobile movies the little blue charms click those and those videos will play for you so that way you can check out that side of me and my friends um, the physical side of me um, but as you can see here we go over a different side of me the spiritual side of me and that's um, perhaps the more important side of me um, and it's um, as you can see what we're doing we go over the Gospels chapter by chapter and verse by verse focusing on what Jesus had to say um, since uh, clearly I'm a Christian and if you're gonna call yourself Christian Jesus Jesus who is Christianity's named after um, should get the last word on any given topic so um, and he pretty much went over the stuff that was his mission to bring us what God would have us know about divinity and spirituality um, and what was edited down and saved we have here in the Bible um, but only in a small part of it only in the red letters uh, and that's what we focus on so um, as you can see we're gonna pick up where we left off in the book of Matthew um, before we pick up in chapter 10 just to go over what happened in chapter 9 Jesus showed us um, different ways that healings can take place um, uh, in some, in one instance, it was uh, the person's faith who um, that brought about the healing. Uh, in another instance, it was um, meant to be almost staged so that the miracles and power could be shown through Jesus. Um, and in another instance, um, blind people were healed um, just with the question of if they believed he was able to do it, and they did believe, and they got their healing. So anyway, that's what happened in Matthew chapter 9. We're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 10. Um, and as you can see, I've been trying to figure this out so that you can read along with me. Um, so let's begin. Matthew uh, chapter 10 verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So don't overlook that it says that he gave the disciples that power. He did not give us that power. He gave it specifically to them because they're about to get ready to go out and sort of as a witness to um, their testimony um, so that people would see have more than just their words. They could actually have actions to back it up. It seems that's why Jesus gave the disciples that power. So don't let pre modern day preachers tell you he gave us that power over those spirits. He doesn't say that. Uh, now the names of the 12 apostles are these. So it even says that, uh, and this isn't Jesus talking, it's the writer of the gospel here. Um, but saying that it's what well, the power was given to the disciples and the disciples are then named. So it lets us know that that's who he's talking about who were given that power. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, 
James the son of Alphaeus and Labaius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So notice that only the men are mentioned. The women who followed, who actually were loyal to Jesus all the way through the crucifixion, don't even get a mention there in that passage. But again, it wasn't Jesus talking, because Jesus doesn't trade in that sort of bias, but it is the, who, the documenter of the gospel who made it a point to mention the male disciples and didn't mention the women. Um, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, now this is possibly they, they didn't leave them out just because the women weren't sent out in the same way, but probably because women didn't have the same freedoms uh, that men did back then, just as they don't have the same pay equality as even now, thousands of years later, um, as men do. Um, but so Jesus is sending them out and he's giving them a commandment. Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. So he's directing them to specifically focus on the Israelite tribes that are, uh, 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 were dispersed and now returned at that point to what we call the Holy Land. Um, so he's saying focus on them. Go after them first. Or go after them in their mission. Um, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's the 12 dispersed tribes who return. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's letting them know the message even to send. And the message he sends them with are his words. Uh, not their own words, as it ends up being. As If you read beyond the book of the Acts, even beginning in the book of the Acts, the book of the Acts, you can see that the disciples head out on the mission, but Jesus' words pretty much end um, instead of going out with the message that he sent them out with. They carried on the fact that Christ came, but not with his message, with other people's words, with human words. Um, and as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is in hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So it lets us know here that the disciples were given other abilities to help confirm the faith of those who they encounter, including being able to perform healings and cleansings and raising even the dead and casting out demons. But we're gonna we know that in other readings, uh, in other gospels, maybe even in this one and a different passage, that the disciples didn't always successfully exercise these powers. Uh, that were given them, including the power to exercise demons. Pardon the pun. Freely you uh, have received, freely give means just what it says. Just as freely as you're willing to receive something that you're looking for and need, be just as free about giving to people who you encounter who are in need. Uh, don't do it begrudgingly, otherwise that's what you're going to reap. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts. So he's saying don't rely on the ways of the world, uh, when you're out spreading his word in the um, uh, for the disciples to basically let them know that they would be provided for, nor bag for your money, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. So this sort of is reminiscent of the Old Testament prophets uh, who were sent out to spread the prophetic word that the Old Testament God is mentioned to have given to them. And similarly, how in one case, he was on the run, sort of exiled from the people, tormented by the people, but because of the message he had to bring. But God would provide for him, even causing the birds to deliver food for him. And in some cases, working out miraculous events so that food and water had not failed him. 
uh, different prophets in the Old Testament of the God of the Old Testament, one of the gods of the Old Testament. Um, because, like I've said before, there's more than one mention there that are held in reverence in the Old Testament and throughout the Bible. Um, so, um, now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who it is worthy and stay there till you go out. So, um, I think uh, the message there for them is to, uh, when they're on a mission, spreading the word, uh, considering it, uh, other people's, I guess, they should consider the reputation of other people who are, I guess, in the flock. That way they'll know who's actually in the flock of people who are actually uh, focusing on the actual true mission of the gospel and spreading it and who's not. So that that way you know where when you're in hostile territory or when you're in um, a friendly area. And when you go into a household, greet it. So he's saying there to greet the household uh, in a sense of recognizing what spirit is among the people there whether it's you know a loving kind welcoming spirit or a, oh, I'm doing this because they told me I have to sort of spirit that sort of thing discern what sort of um, presence is there in the house if uh, the household is worthy let your peace come upon it but if it is not worthy let your peace return to you so uh, excuse me I think when Jesus, what Jesus is saying here is when you're uh, discerning a household, when you first enter it on that mission, sort of like how you see people go around trying to, um, like, um, in other faiths asking you if you know Jesus and that sort of thing to sort of feel out the audience and see where you are and, um, greet it peacefully. And then if you greet people, a household on that mission of trying to spread, the gospel uh, in a peaceful manner and you're not greeted with the same then um let your peace return to you so don't pick up the um a bad mood or the evil that might have been intended towards you by that house that wasn't in the same flock as you are but just move on with your peace with you and whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city shake off the dust from your feet so that's sort of like what it's saying. Don't carry on. Don't carry the chip on your shoulder with however the people who rejected you, whatever they served you with, don't take that with you. Dust it off your shoulder like the song says and just keep moving. Don't let that weigh you down. Even as far as even a speck of dust, don't let even that much weigh you down from it is whatever your mission is. Because again, the... the the net is spread for everyone, but not everyone will be caught by it. The invitation is open to everyone, but not everyone will accept it. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So you can read in the Old Testament uh, about Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities that were destroyed by what churches proclaim is because of homosexuality or same-sex marriage, even though that's not at all what actually happens in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in the Old Testament. Rather, more like a prison rape sort of situation was going on in those cities where the men and the women were not safe from hoodlums, <laughs> basically, um, having their way with whoever they wanted to in the city. And it's a very sick, twisted story. Um, but it's in the Bible if you want to read it. It's in the Old Testament in the very beginning, in Genesis. 
Um, so that's what Sodom and Gomorrah is. And what he's saying is, as vile as the things were that were going on in that city, in those cities in that area were, it'll be more tolerable for those people in those cities that were condemned and doomed and destroyed um, than for people who reject the gospel being um, peacefully presented to them. Because remember, he says, read it and let your peace come upon it. Or let your peace return to you if it's not a son of peace there. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So Jesus is saying here that he knows the mission he's sending uh, Christians on when it, it comes to sharing the gospel and spreading it is a dangerous one. He's letting us know that he's sending us out and declaring us uh, to be, uh, ordering us to be like sheep. And sheep are pretty helpless, um, but also to be wise on the way. Be because he's sending us out like sheep and the wolves. The wolves are ferocious. The sheep are gentle. And uh, but he's saying, be as wise as the serpents. Those also can be ferocious, but as harmless as doves. So um, some preachers will twist this to say, oh, don't mess with a. They'll twist it to say that the dove can be fear ferocious if you try to mess with its nest and all of that stuff. That's not the point of what Jesus is saying to be here. Otherwise, he'd just tell you to be um, just as ferocious as the serpent and as wise as the serpent. Because the serpent can protect its nest too. It's dead. Um, rather, what he's saying is, <clears throat> excuse me, pursue the peaceful path, and um, but be wise. Don't be a fool. Be just as wise as the serpents are. Um, but do no harm um, like the dove would. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. So he's letting them know to, that you do need to be aware. And who do you have to be aware of? It's not the demons and the devils so much as humans, other people. That's who he says you have to be aware of. And he's saying it's because persecutions, like it says, are on their way to them for spreading the word. And it, the persecutions will arrive from the, um, the religious community. That's where it arises. You'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. So he's predicting to them what's going to happen to them. And in fact, it does happen to them. Uh, Eleven out of the, Ten out of the twelve apostles are, if I remember right, are delivered up to different trials and end up being uh, state-sponsored murder, um, martyred, or death penalty, however you want to call it, they end up being killed by the state because of their testimony of um, to Jesus Christ. And one of them escapes it. John the Baptist, uh, John not the Baptist, John the Apostle escapes it. Um, and also um, Judas Iscariot escapes it, but he escapes it by killing himself just before. The crucifixion but the other ten almost all meet the fate that Jesus predicts right here um, that um, that they be delivered up and um, it be for reason because uh, for their testimony and it's going to be to the Gentiles and the Gentiles represents anyone who's not Israelite which would be in this case the Romans who ended up killing the um, you know, crucified Jesus for one but also were pretty much the ones behind uh, the apostles also being murdered and then called saints. So that lets you know, just like Jesus predicts, uh, they testify that of themselves. They kill the prophets, then build monuments to them. So Jesus is letting you know that uh, here, letting the disciples know that's what's in store for them. Um, 
But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for we will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. So this prophecy also has already come to pass. That's how we have the Bible uh, as it is, because uh, again, things weren't printed uh, normally back then. It was rare for things to actually be written down, and lots of things were passed on by oral tradition, and the Bible itself wasn't even printed until like 1611. So this is 1600 years before that, just about. So that lets you know that um, this already came to pass because the disciples gave their testimony, they died for their testimony, but their testimony was documented and it was um, preserved all this time and in many cases shared in the Bible and that's what we have here. So let's just know this prophecy also has already come to pass. Um, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your Father who speaks in you. So that lets, uh, lets us know that when they gave the testimony that the Holy Spirit was at work in them to bring to their remembrance the different things that had happened um, over the course of their, the time they walked with Jesus and the trials and tribulations he experienced and they uh, experienced with him. Now a brother will deliver a brother to death and a father his child. The children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. So Jesus is saying, talking about the division that will take place um, along the way after he's gone. And so, uh, some of the disciples were relatives of each other. Excuse me. But I think Jesus is looking even beyond that to a time when, um, like now, where um, children rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. In the sense that children now are smart enough to know if any sort of abuse or even a threat of abuse arises in a the house, they can pick up the phone and call 911 and have their children, their parents arrested or if the accusation is bad enough and the area is backward enough and the race is right enough, they could have the parents killed for just the accusations um, if the situation is right. So these sort of things are happening now. Um, you know, it's not like it happens all the time, but it's a prophecy of the things to come. And you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but he endures to the end will be saved. So Jesus is letting us know that um, a division is coming because, and he's going to be at the root of it. People basically who believe and those who don't. Um, but not just who believe, because there's lots of people who believe in God in one form or another. Um, but it's the faith in Christ that will be the um, lightning rod and the root of the division. And he's saying, but he endures to the end, will be saved. Who endures being hated for the testimony of Christ? And again, it's a lot of places will call themselves Christian, or people will call themselves Christian, and don't actually do or follow anything that Christ actually ever taught at all. Even if they are faithful to whatever their church is preaching, their church isn't actually preaching anything that Jesus said. When they persecute you in this city, oops, sorry. Uh, when they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. So Jesus is letting them know that um, persecutions are on their way for them. And it's going to be based on the fact um, that they're carrying the Christian message forward. 
but he's saying don't worry about it because you'll go from city to city um but even if even if you do go from city to city you won't make it through all the cities before jesus comes again and surely the disciples didn't make it through all the cities before um before they end up dead for one and um even now the message still hasn't gone around the world completely although the internet is pushing it forward making it happen just another example of the beast of revelation being used for a good purpose even though it may be rooted in an evil one um but he's saying here that the gospel won't be spread around the world before or um it they the disciples won't have gone through all the cities of israel before jesus comes again and that didn't happen either there, like I said, been martyred or murdered. A disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. So he, here Jesus is letting us know, don't get ahead of him. We're thinking that we're going to be end up treated better than he is or end up better off than he did. If they, uh, you see how they did Jesus. At one point they were going to lead him over a cliff and throw him over that. At another point, they were going to stone him to death. And in the end, they ended up crucifying him. And then even after that, denying him. So it lets you know Jesus is above us. If you're a Christian and you believe, then you got to believe that Jesus is above us. And if that's what they had for us, the one who's above us, then don't think that they're going to have anything better for you. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? So Beelzebub is sort of like um, thought to be a god of the underworld, a demon. And they're um, saying here that um, Jesus is saying here that if they're calling him the lead demon, then what do you think he's going to call those who follow him? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. So Jesus is saying all the secrets will come to light. Those closet doors will be flung open. Um, the covers will be pulled back. Things will be revealed. The truth. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. So this is, goes back to when Jesus says, let your light shine and don't hide your light under a basket. And those preachings basically saying that um, the things he's taught us, the message he's given us, isn't something you're supposed to sit on. It's something you're supposed to share. And, um, let's see. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So one other thing to notice that has come true about this previous statement preach on the housetops we consider that internet is passed through wi-fi now and over satellites that sit on housetops it's an allusion to something that's come to pass now where people are actually able to preach it on the housetops um uh, but jesus is saying don't fear people don't fear the power of human power um but instead fear god who's able to destroy both body and soul not just people who are able to torment and hurt your body, although that's pretty terrifying too. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? So Jesus is saying, look at how the cattle, we can look at, for example, the cattle industry. Um, 
but uh, the industry of eating animals and processing them, that whole meat processing industry, although it's in pretty bad shape right now, and in case you don't know it, just recently a huge retailer, Rhymes with Fall Fart, has um, had a beef recall, uh, tons and tons of it. And when I went and returned the meat that I brought there, the people who worked there didn't even know there had been a recall until she asked her supervisor who looked on her device and verified, yeah, there had been a, re a recall. And in the process of her giving me a refund for the meat that was recalled, she got on the phone to her own family, letting them know not to touch any more of the meat that she had brought home to them and that there was a recall and it was E. coli, no less, not even the coronavirus, in case you don't know, that means that almost, most likely some fecal mater material got into the meat. So, um, in case you don't know what that means, there may be poop in the meat. Um, but that just lets you know um, that the meat industry. So, similarly, Jesus is saying here that the price of the birds, because that's what a sparrow is, it's like a pigeon or a dove, he's saying they're sold two of them for a copper coin like for a penny you can get a couple of them so he's saying and their value is still high in God's eyes because he notices that when even one of them falls to the ground and he's saying so um similarly human life is just as valuable to God so that lets you know that uh whether it's the death penalty or abortion or uh whatever the case may be of taking a life uh, it go it doesn't go unnoticed in God's eyes, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So he's saying even something as small as your hairs, and you have millions of those generally, um, those are even numbered and noticed in God's eyes. Do not fear, therefore, you're of more value than many sparrows. Um, and some people may even believe, uh, so he's saying, so don't worry. Um, even the even his eyes on the sparrow, he notices even one of them dies. You're even more valuable than the birds. Um, but the just before that, about your hair, the hairs of your head all being numbered. Some religions, including like Voodoo, believe there's power in those hairs, and that um, different things can be done with the hair and the DNA of different people. Um, so maybe that also goes to when Jesus did a one of the miracles instead of just using a word. He actually used spit, um, and that will happen more than once uh, to perform the miracle. So maybe it has something to do with uh, that, just letting us know that God isn't limited in the ways that he can act and the miracles and how he chooses to make bring them to pass. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, don't be ashamed to be a Christian. This doesn't mean that you go around thinking you're holier than thou. And uh, that's the opposite of what Jesus was, tells us to do. But instead, I think what he's saying here is, uh, when he's saying confess him, he's saying it's his words. It's his words that you're supposed to use when people come to you and ask you about godly things. Defer to what he has said about him. Confess his words to them, not your own beliefs. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So if you deny Christ's words from someone who's looking to you for that thirst, for that uh, feeding, uh, and you deny them actual words of Christ in favor of your own words or some other man's words or some other teaching or doctrine, 
Jesus is saying that's not going to be forgotten either and you'll be forgotten denied um, in the moment when you go to meet your maker do not think that I came to bring peace on earth I did not come to bring peace but a sword so this lets us know uh, that Jesus is telling us very plainly that his it's not peace on earth that he came to bring that happened at the nativity he's saying the peace on earth he's saying instead he's coming to bring division and the division is that sword because use a knife to cut use a sword to divide for i've come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law um i'm just going to keep reading just because it's more of the same and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So the thing to notice there, I think, is how some preachers will twist this. Even this basic thing where he's saying very plainly um, that houses will be divided. And this obviously happens. Now it's happened back then. It's probably happened since the beginning where the in-laws didn't get along with each other. But um, some preachers will pre will twist this to say when talking about the nativity of Jesus, as we just mentioned that, for instance, how um, Joseph was, as was supposed, the mother, uh, the father of Jesus. And they'll say that that as was supposed phrase means in-law. Um, but that's not what it means. You see very plainly here, even Jesus himself uses the phrase in-law to let us know that was a phrase that was in use back then. So that's not what, when they say Joseph was uh, the father of Jesus, as was supposed, doesn't mean that at all. It means because they knew how to say in law if that's what they want to say. It means that they supposed him to be Jesus's father because he was in that position of man of the house, which would just make sense if you saw a male and female couple with kids walking down the street. You would assume that they're probably a couple, even if they're not a couple, if you just saw them walking down the street. And if you saw the kids, you would assume that the kids are their kids. So you would suppose that he's the father. You would suppose that they're the kids, even if they are brother and sister with cousins. You just don't know. But it was as was supposed based on the appearance. So just something to notice there when other teachers will try or preachers will try and mislead you with what things say and what they actually mean. So it lets you know, in-law was a phrase that was used back then, so it's not the same thing. Um, so Jesus is saying that his word is going to be so divisive that it will even divide families, in-laws against each other, parents against children. And that your enemies will even be those of your own household. And I've told you before how I've, I've experienced this with members of my own family who just refuse to accept the um, transition. And they'll always see you how you were. It's the same struggle that... Black Lives Matter is trying to um, get across to people, even though a lot of people who claim to value black lives don't see it the same way. But just like people will look at transgender people and always see us how we were when they knew us, namely in the old gender or old sex that we represented or presented ourselves as, and they'll never see you, never see you as anything different, no matter how your physical changes happen, no matter how your name may change, no matter how you present yourself, They'll still see you as that. Generally, it's your family because they were growing up with you that way. But um, similarly, with the Black Lives Matter movement, some people, all they'll ever see you as is someone black or in their mind, the N-word. So no matter how educated you become, no matter how articulate you become, no matter how you may even marry uh, other races, have biracial kids, you could do all that stuff. And in their mind, all they'll ever see you as is the N-word or black this, your skin color that's all they're ever going to see you as and it's it's 
it's something crazy about racism where there are people who think that just because they marry someone of a different race or they have sex with people of a different race or they have children with some of a, someone of a different race that that immunizes them from being racist but it doesn't and proof of that is those are the same things that the slave owners did way back in the day they raped the slaves they had families with the slaves they had offspring with the slaves they had marriages with the slaves but they still were considered slaves still treated as less than and in many cases obviously still called the n-word and treated that way so don't let people think that just because they intermarry or interlope with the races that they're not racist that's no truer than thinking that there are black people who aren't racist there are there are black people who are against themselves who are self self-loathing generally represented as tokens and they'll say and do things against themselves but they have no problem with it because that's where they've been appointed to you could think about the united states senate all uh, the republicans have one token who uh, and there's nothing wrong with being a token something wrong with being okay with being the token because once you are that token you recognize you're the only one but you have no problem with suddenly being the face of all things black all things black lives matter all things police brutality related why aren't all the other four of uh, uh, senate republicans speaking out against it just because they're white they have no opinion on it that tells you a lot about the party and it tells you a lot about the token and so it's it's not being the token that's the problem it's being okay with being the token you should be trying to open the door so that you're not the only one again i've said it before everything in america should rep be represented evenly there should be 12 percent 13 percent uh representation of black people in both houses and all across the government and there just isn't um that's america but um anyway so jesus is saying um is that he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me so he's saying don't choose your family uh your blood family over your spiritual flock your christian family put that has to be first and i know it's difficult but although it's difficult but in reality sometimes there's times when your family ticks you off or alienates you and you actually do feel like walking away from your family so it's not like we always hold our family as number one in our lives there are times when we choose other things and jesus is saying the other thing we should choose is him excuse me and again that just lets you know um there are they say blood is thicker than water but in reality, blood isn't all that thick either. You can see families get divided. And Jesus is saying his teaching, his reality is going to be one of the main reasons for that division. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. So Jesus is saying you have to be willing to forsake um, your life, your pursuits in life. Um, he doesn't say completely, but you have to be able to willing, be willing to take up the cross and follow and be willing to die for uh, your faith, your Christian faith. Be willing to lay down your life. He's not actually going to require you to do that, but be willing to recognize that Christianity, your soul salvation, is what is your ultimate primary focus. 
He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. So Jesus is saying, if you're trying to reach God, the Father, um, the way to get there is through the Son, through Jesus. And he's saying, and if you receive Jesus, then you will receive God. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So Jesus is saying, um... In receiving, just like in receiving Jesus, you receive God. He's saying if you receive the prophecy, if you receive the prophets, then you're receiving Jesus. He's saying, because I think what he's saying is it's all the same team. So if you're receiving one, you're receiving all. all, all. Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So Jesus, again, it's he's saying it's all in all. It's if you receive Jesus, then you receive, if you receive the Son, you receive the Father. If you receive the prophets, the sent ones, then you're receiving the Son. And if whoever receives even one of the little ones, he's saying, um, little ones, I don't think he's necessarily means little children. I think he's saying small in the faith, development of the faith in their walk in Christianity. Uh, if you'll even receive one, um, Christian and in the name of Christ he's saying then they'll even receive Christ um, and receive God in that sense I think is what he's saying Th that they're doing something for God even if they don't realize it when they do things for Christians and that actually ends this reading we um, got to that one pretty quick so I'm going to end this one here now um, but since it is Mondays we're going to pick up with Mark chapter 10 next, um, but I'm going to separate it from this reading, just as always for the indexing sake, um, and God willing, you'll join me for that one, and um, on when it, on um, Saturday night after midnight sometime, early Sunday morning, we'll pick up where we're left off in the book of Revelation, and um, on Wednesdays, we have our John and Luke Gospels, where we'll pick up on those, so thanks for checking out with me. Um, in the meantime, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, love your neighbor. Thanks again. Peace.